Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I'm going to talk about three is the magic number. This is a teaching podcast, so as always, go and grab your Bibles and take some notes. I have some informative things to say to you today. This might be a very short, sweet episode, but I think it'll be a very necessary one and you taking your walk with God to the next level. Here's my quote of the day. When you're wrapped up in yourself, you become a very small package. Let's look here at 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we want to start here at verse number 6. So if you got your Bibles, go and grab them quickly, because I want to share this, and this will be our launching pad for today. In 1 Timothy Chapter number six, we're going to look at verse number six and we'll conclude here at verse number 10. The backdrop here is Paul. The apostle Paul is encouraging his spiritual son, Timothy, in the things of God and some very necessary things in terms of him really understanding what it's going to take for him to be a man of God, what it's going to take for him to be a young person in the Lord, what it's going to take for him to live a godly life. Notice what he says here in verse number six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse number seven, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and in many foolish and harmless desires, or should I say harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. First 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I want to read verse nine again, because I want to make sure that this is clear to us. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. This is a really powerful passage of scripture and I've read it many times. And if you are a Bible reader, a follower of Christ, a disciple of the Lord, I'm sure you've read it too. And it is so clear what the apostle Paul is really trying to help us to understand. I titled this show three is the magic number because I want to give you three things that will strengthen your faith, your family and your finances, which I think is so very important in the time and day in which we live. When we talk about your faith, I want you to look at it this way. What is your concept about God? What do you really believe God thinks about you? Because we can go no further in our walk with God unless we truly define how God really thinks about us. We got to know this. I've talked to a lot of people 
And you'd be surprised that they talk about what their denominational structured church has taught them. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes those things can be off kilter. And always tell people that after they give their life to the Lord, you got to spend some time with him and get in your word and find out what is it that God truly thinks about me, not feel about me, but what he thinks about me, what he knows about me. When I got that right in terms of my faith, then when we move down to the next level, we talk about our family and let's define that quickly. Your immediate family, those people that you are a part of and they are a part of you. God is very much concerned about our family. And many times we're constructing and trying to build a family that is not based on what our faith is dictating, our concept about God. Once we know what our concept about God is in terms of our faith, then we can build the right kind of family, those that we are connected to. And we can readjust some things about our family and things that once we learn and know and understand what God feels about us, Family time can be a really most important time because we're really getting something out of it in terms of legacy building and things of that nature. And then finally, that we're talking about our finances. We know money is important, but I dubbed that last because I think it really doesn't matter if your concept about God, your faith is off, your, uh, your family is all messed up. Money is going to do nothing but exacerbate things. So I put finances last because we have to really get a grasp on our faith. We got to get a grasp on our family. And once we do that, how we are investing our money, where we are investing it, who we are investing it in becomes so important to our faith in God. I can tell where somebody's faith in God is, is by looking at where they spend their money. I can tell what's important to them. And so I think this is so key when we talk about three is the magic number, because I want to go through this very quickly. I'm not going to take very long to do this, but I want to go through this because I want to give you something to think about. These are the things that I had to think about early in my walk with God. And I will tell you this, I will be honest and tell you this, that over the years, my faith has changed in terms of my God concept. Some of the things that I was taught early on in church by well-meaning people was just wrong. And so I had to really get in the word of God for myself, build my walk with God and realize that he was not mad with me. He was not frustrated with me. I was frustrated with myself based upon the things that I was taught. And there's no better time to make some adjustments in your faith in God. And I do believe that as you are growing in the things of God, your whole faith concept is going to change. And then what you think about your family is going to change. And then what you do with your money is going to change. Trust me, what I'm doing in my life at 50 years old is vastly different than what I was doing with in my life when I was in my 20s and my 30s and even in my 40s. So every round does go higher and higher. So no matter where you are, I want you to know that you can develop these three things. And that's why I say it is a magic number because it helps you to see things a little more clear when you don't have a lot of stuff. You got to remember 
it helps you to really remember what's most important. Here's number one. I want you to write this down if you can. Change. Very simple, but very difficult to do. Because the reality is, if you don't change, you will never grow. It's impossible for you to grow if you don't change. And so we have to change some things we believe, some things that were taught to us that were wrong. And the reason why many times our families are not doing the things that we want them to do, because it's based on, again, this faith dynamic that is so tough and so difficult. So I want you, I want you to write this down, too, that is never too late to change. I don't care how old you are. It makes me no difference. As long as you got breath in your body. Trust me, your body is is doing all kind of different things physically. But when we talk about things in our soulish realm, our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, certain things that are going on in our conscious thought life, there are some things we need to change. So it was never too late to change. All right. Now, in order to change, here's what has, has to happen. You got to be convicted. You got to be convinced that what you're doing is not working, man. I could preach a sermon about this. I really could because there are so many people that want to change. They know what they're doing is wrong, but knowing what you're doing that's wrong is not going to help you change. You got to be convicted. You got to truly be convinced in your core that how you are thinking is wrong. And really nobody can do that but you. Now, God is there to support you. But you living in your own body. These are your own thoughts. So you got to find out where are you getting your thought life? What are you watching? Who are you around? Who's talking to you? I can tell when people change based upon the stuff that they're saying out of their mouth and their behavior is very simple. We need to stop pretending and thinking that people are for us. And every time that we are around them, they're doing everything different than what they're saying and what they're doing, more importantly, in their lives towards us. So we got to get this right. I want you to be convicted to change. I want you to look at your life right now as it relates to your faith, your finances, and your family, and I want you to be convicted. If you're a man listening to me, I want you to be convicted. If you're a woman listening to me, I want you to be convicted. If you're a young person, I want you to be convicted. You've got to be convinced. Everything starts with you being convinced that this is not right for me. This is not where I want to end up in life. This is not what I want to have in terms of a family. I don't want to I don't want to be a man in my 30s and 40s and still broke and don't have no money. I got to be convicted, man. I got to be convicted to do it. God's way, not the world's way. Remember, this is a teaching podcast. This is a Christian show. So I'm not trying to give you necessarily any accounting tips. Now, that's important in terms of numbers and things like that. But what ultimately needs to happen is your heart got to get right. And so when we talk about conviction, that's where it starts. This is a heart matter. And you can't talk about conviction without talking about repentance. Repentance literally means to change and go in another direction, but you can't do it until it hits you at a heart level. You got to see that what you're doing is hurting you. 
not nobody else. You, it's hurting you. You're not getting anywhere. You're not going where you need to go. And I'm telling you, man, self-awareness is really a monster. It's a, it's a, I'm telling you, man, it is really a scary thing. When I had to look in the mirror and say, you're the problem, you're the issue. That is the, the birthplace, I believe, of where change really happens. We must be sensitive, not insensitive. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he is convicting us about some things that we should not be doing. You'd be surprised at the things that we're doing that we just don't know we shouldn't be doing. Because watch this. When we talk about conviction and change and repentance, it's something that you are not aware of. I'm not talking about this big glaring thing that's in your face. I'm talking about these little small foxes that's destroying the vine. For example, some of us don't really understand how negative we are. We just don't get it. We, we, we don't listen to ourselves and the people that's around us. We haven't even given them permission to check us about our negativity. We, we don't even know how hopeless we are through our conversations that we are having with people. Sometimes you just need to sit down with folks that love you, your family, your immediate family, and just ask them when I'm talking to you, how do I sound? Do I sound negative all the time? Do I sound hopeless? Do I sound angry? Do I sound frustrated? Do I sound like a person who's just thrown in the towel? How can you change if you're not convicted, especially about the things you are not aware of? I think that's probably the most wonderful dynamics that I could get from the Holy Spirit is that he convicts me about things that I didn't know was an issue. I didn't know it was a problem. I thought I was doing well. And watch this. Here's the thing. This is one of the special advocates that the Holy Spirit is to us. He is your advocate. He's, he's trying to help you. Let him help you. And I would say this, that people that are around you that have the Holy Spirit, they can help you as well because God uses people. The Holy Spirit uses other people that are in your life to help you see some things about you that you don't see before you get mad, before you get angry, before you ready to beat up somebody and say, you're not supporting me. Don't ask if you're not ready to hear the truth. I was saying this to my church the other week. I said, when we're talking to people and having a communication with other folks, don't ask a question and you're not ready for honesty. Honesty is the one thing that's going to help you to realize that you're not where you need to be. And so when people that love you tell you the truth, it's because they want to help you get to where you say you want to go. You say you want to get here. Well, you can't get here without the tough talk, without the tough conversation. This is what happens. So conviction leads us to change. Repentance leads us to change. And once we learn and see these things in our life, Things will change as it relates to our faith, our finances, and even our family. Number two, consistency. This is so key. It's so important. Here's what that means. The quality of being faithful, dependable, the quality of being enduring and unchanging. How great is that? Do you have anybody in your life that's consistent? If you don't, then maybe you should start being consistent and show people around you 
that if you're going to hang out with me, you got to have this quality. I mean, as a pastor and church leader, you know, I'm very meticulous about who I have serving with me. This is why I haven't made that many leaders and people around me, because a lot of times and it's not that we're looking for perfection. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it's a certain quality that we're looking for. And I can sit down and talk with people and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. This is what we're thinking about trying to help you with in the ministry that would bring great um stability to the house, to the church, to the ministry, and to the people that we're trying to serve. But you got to get this consistency going in your life. In other words, we're just not trying to ordain ministers just to do it. We're just not trying to ordain deacons just to do it. We're just not trying to ordain elders just to do it. There's a quality of consistency that we want to put before people. We want people to know that they can count on us. We want people to know that we're going to be there. Now, again, we're not perfect. We make mistakes, but watch this. One thing we're going to be is consistent. One thing we're going to do is do what we say we're going to do. If we start at 11 o'clock, that's when we start. If we start at 12 o'clock, that's when we start. If we have certain ministries, we're going to do the best that we can to provide those ministries. Anything else, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew because we got to be consistent. We have to be faithful and faithful is a condition of the heart. Right. And so when we really have this consistency in our own life, this will trickle down to our family. We're teaching family members. We're teaching sons and daughters and wives are talking to husbands and husbands to wives. We're sitting down at the table and we're really uh, fleshing this out. We want to be consistent. We want to have this quality of enduring. We want to be unchanging. I want to be able to wake up and look at my wife and my wife look at me and say, hey, you may not have all this together, but man, you consistent. You do what you say you're going to do. You know, if I tell you I'm going to meet you at three o'clock, I ain't going to show up at five and then make a bunch of excuses. Nobody has time for that. And I know this is kind of a tough conversation, but these are the things that we have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, man, this is where I am failing in life. I am not consistent. And why you want people to be consistent where you're concerned, are you consistent where they're concerned? Are you the kind of friend that is faithful? Are you fair weather? Are you in it today, out of it tomorrow? As soon as the uh, pressures of life come from all different directions, you run, duck, and hide. That is not what you want to be. Let's be consistent with our faith. We talk about our faith again. We talk about our God concept. Let us be faithful in our word. This is what helps you to become consistent. Because you begin to get the mind of God. You begin to think like he does. You begin to say, man, I got to incorporate this in my life to be a better man, to be a better woman, to be a better husband and father, to be a better person, a better friend, a better member of a church, or to be a better coworker on my job, right? We got to work a job. We got a boss. We want to go in there and we want to show our employers where and why we do what we do. I do believe that people that are Christians should be the best workers. We shouldn't be the worst workers. We shouldn't be coming in to work late. We shouldn't be lazy. We shouldn't always be trying to get over just because, you know, everybody else is. 
No. What is your concept about God? God is consistent. Think about that. What if you couldn't count on him? What if he was flighty? What if he was in and out? What if he said one thing and did another? The only reason why I can trust God is I can trust his word. He said he was going to do this. So we never say things that we're not going to do. We never tell people I'm going to be there and we know we're not going to show up. Be a man, be a woman and say, listen, I'm just not coming this week. I won't be there Saturday. I won't be there Friday. I can't pick you up at two o'clock. It's better to tell the truth. Some of us got this notion and I don't know where we learned it. Maybe in our family, somewhere in our childhood that, you know, if I tell you the truth, this going to hurt your feelings. And this is why I lie. And this is why I'm not honest. No, we cannot do that. We have to understand the importance of our own integrity. And if we want God to take us serious and if we want others to take us seriously, these are the things that we have to do, I believe, in order to do things the right way. So I want to be dependable to God. I want to be dependable to my family. I want to be dependable to my friends. If I'm in a church, I want to be dependable to my church, my job. I want to be dependable. You hired me for a certain job. I'm going to get in here and do it. You hired me from eight to five. I want to get in here and do it. I'm just not going to call off every other day. You know, you'd be surprised, man. People, they get these jobs just because, and you know, now you can't even find a good worker. I mean, I've talked to different people that own businesses, man. They can't even hire a good worker because people say they come in and the interview, they look sloppy. They can't communicate. All of these things are such a bad look. And I'm not even talking about people that are unsaved. I'm talking about people that are saved, that they say they are Christians. Man, again, we're not looking for perfection, but what we are looking for is maturity. So let us work this in our life. And finally, complete. We need to be people that complete things. Let's stop starting things that we know we not going to finish. How many projects have you started that you have not completed? Don't bite off more than you're willing to commit to. I tell people this all the time. Look at where your time is and you only have a certain amount of time in the day. If you like me, I'm married. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I do things on the side business wise. I only got a certain amount of time to do a certain amount of things. So there are sometimes I got to tell people, no, I can't do it because I want to complete it. I want to finish it. This is how you get confidence for the next project. Complete the one you doing. Many times we don't have confidence because we don't start anything. We started school. We didn't finish that. We started painting in the house, tearing up the house. We didn't even finish that. We started doing this with our kids and then we stopped doing that. There's a consistent uh, situation where we're not completing things. I don't know if it's fear. I don't know if it's just we had the energy at the beginning and somewhere in the middle, we was like, what are we doing? This is why we got to sit down, as the scripture says, and count up the cost. Look, chapter 14, 28 talks about that. It talks about, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. You want to build a tower. Did you count up the cost to see if you could complete it? If you didn't, people will laugh at you and mock you and say, look at this man. He started this project and he couldn't complete it. 
always be a finisher. And when you are a finisher, don't start anything you're unwilling to finish or commit or be dedicated to. Same thing in our diet, which I would say diets don't work. We know that. But people that want to lose weight, you know, start off saying, hey, man, I just want to lose five pounds. I just want to lose three pounds. Start with the with the long term gain might be 50 pounds, but but don't start with that small little increments that will encourage you. I want to start off losing five pounds. Then when you lose five pounds, you completed it. That helps you to realize you can take all five more pounds and then five more pounds. And before you know it, you have reached the goal of 50 pounds. Sometimes we start too big and it's unrealistic, right? So we really got to get this in our heart and in our mind. So when we understand that this is so key to our faith and our family and our finances, we will most certainly complete things. We should be doing things as a family to see what we can start and then finish. What projects you're doing in your family time? We should be doing this with your finances, what you're investing in. Invest in the things that your faith tell you that you're convinced about. You know, I'm not here to talk about playing the market and, and different things like that, but I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. At the same token, I do believe that you need to be educating yourself, getting yourself around people. So you're not getting so excited. There are a lot of people that's got zeal, no knowledge. They're so happy and they take $10, they take $20 and then maybe five months, six months, they stopped doing the thing that they were convicted at on day one. No, let's complete it. Let's start it and let's complete it. It will again give you the confidence so that you can see that this thing does work. I mean, I've started some projects, trust me. So I'm not trying to beat you up. I've started some things and I didn't finish it. But you know what that was about? Let's run back to the beginning. My faith concept. When you're wavering in faith, you will waver in everything in your life. I'm going to say that to you again. When you are wavering with God, you're going to waver in everything in your life. The more my faith got solid, the more my family got solid. The more my finances got solid, the more I was able to change, the more I was able to be consistent and the more that I was able to complete the task that I had. And now I'm so much better off than I was when I started. So don't beat yourself up, but you've got to change. Start today. You've got to. You've got to be consistent when you go start today. You got to start completing some things. When are you going to start Today, So whatever you're doing right now, by the grace of God, I want you to finish it. You might have to make some adjustments. You might have to dial it back, but that's going to help you next time to say, you know what? I'm not going to take on these big projects. I'm going to take on some small ones. I would advise you to do that. Take on some small projects. Take on some projects that would take a month to com a complete. It will give you the spiritual confidence. It will give you the emotional confidence. It will give you a self-esteem boost that you need to help you to realize that I can do it. Some of us don't know that we can because we haven't completed anything. I want you to make these adjustments today. These three things that I've given you, I want you to take it to heart. Just don't listen to this show and let it go in one ear 
and out of the other. I try to be very simplistic in my shows, something that I think can really help you, to help you organize your walk with the Lord, help you to really walk with him with some integrity and help you to really be trustworthy in how people perceive you because nobody wants to be perceived as a fake, as a fraud. We really want some people to look at us and respect us. So do this, put this in your life, put it in your heart, put it to practice. I'm telling you, it worked for me, it worked for others, it will change your life. And that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I really hope that this episode of To Empower You really empowered you. If so, I want you to send me an email today regarding this show. Ask me whatever question you want to regarding this show. Let's keep the conversation going. You can send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. I actually will read your email and I will reply back to you. Do it today. Test the waters. Trust me, I'm going to do exactly what I say I'm going to do. Listen, if you want to financially partner with me as it relates to these shows to keep them going so that we can do the things we want to do to bring you an inspiring show and other things that we want to see happen. These shows do cost. I have to pay people behind the scenes to engineer and do other things that are helping me. But trust me, if you are being blessed, take a minute and sow a seed. And I, and I promise you, whatever you sow, you will reap. Go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. You can give there. If you're listening to me on Podbean, there's a button you can click about support. It'll show you how you can give. Let's do it together. When we do it together, things work so much better. All right. That's all again that I have for you. I'm praying for you as always. Believe in God's best for you, man. Go out there and do something great with your life. You only have a certain amount of time to do some things that are really going to be profound. And let's leave a legacy for our family to know that I was here and I did something to help somebody's life to become better. And remember, above all things, to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show. To empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.